It's, these are places that the devil lives. It's a place. You up, Texas. <laughs> I was like, what's you up, Texas? Like, what is Texas. that? Oh, the devil. Oh, All the places that the, <laughs> that the devil lives. You up, Texas. This is where uh, Chuck Norris lives now. <laughs> you up, Texas. You can't get on this mic without referencing Chuck Norris. This is the absurd journey of three church planners reintroducing familiar ideas in unfamiliar ways. This is the Bless Up Podcast. All right, welcome back. This is the Bless Up Podcast. I'm Rachel. I'm here with Corey and James. We are back to our regular crew. It's the three of us today. And what I want to start out with today is asking the question, what is something that you grew up with and that you are now recreating with your people? Whoever your people might be, your family, your friends, your church, your community. What's something you grew up with that you are now recreating with your people? <clears throat> last, uh, last Christmas, actually. Actually, you influenced this now that yeah, I think about yeah. it. You know, you know exactly what I'm about yeah. to say. Yeah. Uh, last Christmas when we did that, uh, that Founding Fathers uh, getaway for a weekend, uh, a couple of us went to, uh, went to a cabin for 24 hours just to get the heck out of the way. Um, it was out of the way. It, uh, yeah, that's a of, whole... Of everything. Honestly, that's a whole You're podcast. for that cabin. <laughs> that's a... Bro, that's a whole nother story for a whole nother podcast. Um, but... Uh, Mikey and was it Mikey and Max both yeah. like they brought they brought their Switch uh, and I was like enamored with the Switch I knew nothing about the Nintendo Switch uh, I, I was enamored with that thing because a big part of like family gatherings when I was growing up was me and my cousins playing all of the Super Mario Brothers and, and uh, Donkey Kongs like that was I mean that was that was a staple was a shared Super Nintendo at my grandma's house. So we get back from the cabin, and it's literally the night before Christmas Eve, wasn't it? Yeah, because I was wrapping presents. Yeah, and so I literally just started scouring Walmarts in Northeast Ohio trying to find a Nintendo Switch to give to my kids for Christmas. Uh, And I found one. I found one out in Alliance. uh, And... I got the kids a Nintendo Switch for Christmas so that we could start playing Mario, um, all the Mario Karts, Mario Party, Super Mario Brothers, Donkey Kong video games, like all, all that stuff. Bubble Bobble. Bubble Bobble. Rachel made me purchase Bubble Bobble. Oh, if you're not, yeah, if you're not hip, get hip. It's pretty, it's pretty dope. We made it to level like 90, 99. Yeah. We no, made it. It wasn't that. I thought it was like it 97. Was, it was we in the nineties. Yeah. There's only a hundred levels. Yeah. We made it really freaking far. And then Rachel messed it up for everybody. So I didn't, I not to, have, I don't yeah, remember. Yeah. No, you did. It's fine. <laughs> um, but yeah. So get hip to Bubble Bobble, get you, get you, uh, uh, get you a Nintendo Switch and let's all play Mario and Donkey Kong. I do think it's a, an important detail for everyone to know mm-hmm. that he did go buy that Switch. I did. And he did get it 
the day before Christmas Eve. Mm-hmm. And I did give it to the kids. And he did give it to the kids. Yeah. But before he gave it to the kids, well, he opened relax. it up and let's, played it okay, the but, whole time I was wrapping Christmas presents. I mean, I just had to make sure it worked. <laughs> There's, it's a complicated piece of machinery. I had to make sure I knew the ins and outs before I gave it to the kids and they, you know, had questions and stuff. He hooked I downloaded, it up. downloaded NBA Jam. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was in there. I, I mean, I think the first Christmas present I actually like wrapped for someone seriously is for Sarah. I'm, I'm, quite, I'm, <laughs> I'm quite positive when Sarah was a baby. That was the first time that I was like, I need to actually wrap this. Mm-hmm. Give this to my baby. I need to give her a present wrapped by me. I don't think before, <laughs> before I don't think I care to wrap a, wrap a present for anyone. I sit there and I wrap for, I wrap everything all in one sitting and it takes forever. And I usually watch a comedian or something. There we go. I think, so the tradition that, that I have kept, that was a tradition we had growing up was that on Christmas day or like any special holiday, uh, we always had baked Alaska. It's this dessert that I one time had at a Girl Scout event. And when I came home and told my grandpa about it, my grandpa got so mad and said, that is not how you make baked Alaska. <laughs> and then he proceeded sounds right. That sounds right. to go and make baked Alaska. And from that point on, we had baked Alaska every Christmas day. And my, like my aunts would come over, my grandparents were there, and we made it every single Christmas day. Baked Alaska is a cake that has a giant mound of ice cream on top of it. And then it's covered in a real thick layer of meringue, but you have to get the meringue perfectly on there to insulate it because then you put it in the oven, ice cream and all. And it doesn't melt. The ice cream doesn't melt. It's actually pretty miraculous. It's fascinating and it's so good. And uh, my kids love it now so much that Sarah just had me sit with her. She had to make like a recipe card to submit for her little first grade project and making a first grade recipe book. And she chose baked Alaska. So it was very, yeah. very complicated. They probably failed her after Sarah said, so then you put the ice cream in the <laughs> oven and they're like, this girl's an idiot. Nah. Yeah. There's no way. But, no but way. you do, you but do. you do. And it's so good. Uh, and we have, we have kept that. We've also kept uh, homemade cinnamon rolls on Thanksgiving and Christmas morning. Ooh, that just reminded me. I got to make those. I know. Nope. That's oh. not what I was going to say. I agree. You can go ahead and make those. <laughs> Glory. Uh, uh, orange pop is the is the tradition. Oh is the tradition we've gosh. kept alive. <laughs> oh my gosh! Him and his cousins, orange pop, and then they they would talk about these amazing rolls that they had on Thanksgiving. Once one, the once a year rolls, like no. they only come out once a year. Let me tell you, the I, good rolls. I went the good rolls. I'm they're saying. kings Hawaiian. Relax. Don't give away to, secrets. I went to his family's uh, Thanksgiving, secrets, and I'm like, rolls. this is orange crushing kings Hawaiian. You can buy these every time you go to the grocery store so I bought them for him after we got married I bought them and I had them at our house and he's like why do you have these I'm like because you love them so much he's like I love them on Thanksgiving I'm like what is wrong <laughs> with the you good rolls come out, it's when they came out once a year once a year we would always they're fight not over out it. once a year they're in the bakery section of the grocery store every day listen not when you grew up how we did all right? we, th- those were once a year those were once a year you get into a physical altercation over the orange they pot do. And the- they do they <laughs> physically fight Kayla I don't know if you're listening but please confirm that this literally happens yes constantly every single holiday at his family gatherings and we watch Walker Texas Ranger (laughs) come come on now what about you James oh man I 
there's a lot of them. My family's incredibly traditional. I can think of two that are incredibly meaningful. One, I've got to share with my daughter for the first time this year. She went to preschool. And I was just, we only got shoes twice a year. It was when school started and at Christmas. And you kind of had to make your forces last till Christmas. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of bleach, a lot of washing, (laughs) a lot of toothbrushes to just get those joints clean to make it until Christmas. So before school started, we got in the whip. We went to the mall, just like just like the old days, and, and we got some shoes. Sadly, I couldn't find her any Allen Iverson A6s. Mm. Shout out OB. That is sad. 01 AI. The GOAT. Shout out to Reebok. Shout out to Reebok. <laughs> I couldn't find any. Where you at, Reebok? Reebok, shout out. Wait, is it Reebok? At? No, that's Champions coming back. Never mind. Yeah, so I yeah, so that was that was incredibly meaningful taking her to get a pair of shoes before she went to school. That was incredibly meaningful. And then our church growing up, we always did we did praise and testimony service. I never knew about like songs on the screen until I went to Milan. That was like mm-hmm. a a new invention for me. That you, guys have, you guys didn't have the overhead projector? That would, that would no, we didn't have that. We didn't have overhead projector. We had that it, was just, grow, it was just 40 old slave spirituals that everyone knew. So you just kind of, you just knew them. You just, you just knew the spirituals. And you just sang them. It was, it's kind of the same praise break music that goes along to all of them. And you just knew, you just knew them. Uh, yes, if you're from a church that sings hymns, a lot of them, some of them are hymns, but some of them are legit slave spirituals. But uh, yeah, we have praise and testimony service, and we've been doing we've been doing that a bit as citizens. We just been opening with people praising, giving praises, giving testimonies. Yeah, we probably we probably have done it like once a month. I think we should do it all the time. It's always great. That's you get amazing. to know people. You get to know how to pray. Yeah, it's been pretty cool. It's been pretty cool. So yeah, it's a tradition that I grew up with that we're. Applying now, yeah. That's sweet. I like that. Something different just happens when you get to do those things that remind you of like your roots, like remind you like this is this is why I love this. This is why I do this, or this is why I'm in this. Like teaching. Oh my gosh! Actually, last year I taught you how to make our homemade cinnamon rolls. Yeah. Yeah. Terrible experience. (laughs) I got pictures. Of Corey with the girls making making sense. Like there's just, just something you just have to roll it so tightly and that's just so like But he ugh. got so into it because it's gotta be perfect. Well, yeah. Because I wanted to win. <laughs> <laughs> Can't get shown up by a five year old. Listen, Kaylee's she does not play around. But there there's something that just happens that you you remember your experiences. You remember things that bring you joy. You don't remember all of the garbage. You remember what brought you to that point and made you excited to go forward, to have your own family, to have your own church, to have your own whatever when you when you get back to these these things that are like your roots, that are such an intricate piece of who you are. I think the same thing holds true when we look at pieces of our faith. Like no matter where we are in the journey, whether you are dabbling in, maybe I actually think this church stuff might be worth my time, or you've been in it for decades and you're like, man, there's no real practitioners left, or man, everything has become about, uh, gosh, what is the phrase you always use? What spirituality? Um, 
Oh, trading spiritual thoughts for tithe dollars? Yes. Like maybe it's become that. And you Yikes. just, you forget, <laughs> you forget the things that brought you there in the first place. And remembering those pieces that like drew you in, it's so important to constantly keeping your life centered on good things, um, but also keeping your faith centered on what matters. And I feel like that's so much of what Jesus did, like, like constantly throughout the gospels when Jesus is referencing something or um, when he's, you know, giving the Sermon on the Mount or when you read the gospel of John, there's so many things that are just reflecting back to Deuteronomy and reflecting back to the prophets and reflecting back to the Psalms. Like Jesus was constantly quoting the roots of everything. Mm -hmm. When you look at your leadership in your life now, I know that nobody sitting around this table ever imagined we'd be in leadership positions that we're in now. What are the things, what are the practitioner pieces or what are the roots that you're being reminded of right now that are giving you life to go forward? Hmm. I think for me, I, at Malone, it was all theory. Like, for me, mostly it was it was cool learning about the Bible. But even, like, the internship that I had at that time at the church that I was at, like, I was doing a lot of good things, and I was having fun. But it was really those last two years that really, like, rooted me. And, man, I love this. When I got to be a little more pastoral, uh, yeah, at the church I was at at that time, yeah. I got kind of thrust accidentally into like a leadership role. Yeah. And that made me say, oh, like, I really love this. I really love like discipling students and yeah, seeing them like move forward in the faith. And then when Corey got the keys to the Martin Center and we started <laughs> having open gyms on Wednesdays and that turned into Thursday and Friday and Tuesday. And <laughs> <laughs> just like, we were just there. Like, yeah, I feel like. From 22 to 25, I was just at the Martin Center, and it was awesome. And I like all the stuff I learned there. The reason why I wanted to start Citizens was because I wanted to see that. Like I wanted to see that happen in a space that I felt like I was being called to. Mm -hmm. So I was like, man, I want to see these things happen. And man, it's so difficult because you get to a space where God gives you a vision. And sometimes the vision that God gives you requires you to do more than you ever intended to do. Yeah. And I know for Whew. me, like, I know for me, like, it's caused me to do more and it's caused me to be more than I ever intended to be. Like, I never intended to, like, yeah, lead a staff meeting. I never intended to create an org chart. Man. I never intended to manage a budget. Nope. I never intended to... Yeah, all the ins and outs of what it means to lead a church. I don't think I ever envisioned doing that. I envisioned just, yeah, loving and discipling and trying to inspire students to follow Jesus in deeper ways. And then I had a burden because what we had seen at Martin was there were students who, like, we loved and we invested in and we poured into. Then those jokers turned. 18 and 19 and freaking disappear. <laughs> like, so, yeah. So for me, it was like, there's no, like, where do they go? 
they need to go to the church. So like we need to we need to start spaces for them and yeah. I find myself now like on the other side of that, like knowing that like what I'm doing and who I have to be now is different than what I imagine. But it's absolutely what God wants. But there's a piece in me that's still like, man, I've never been more happier than when me and Skylar like started man class. And we were hanging out with those, like, that group of 25 dudes just in my front room. And Julia would walk in and open the windows because it smelled like hell in there. And she, she just, <laughs> uh, it smelled like zoo dirt. Like, she just, she opening up the windows because she didn't want to ingest the cheddar cheese and body odor that was floating in the air. So she'd open up the windows and, like, spray Febreze on the sly. Like on everything. So she's doing that. Like these sweaty dudes from football practice. But yeah, like we talked about God, girls and goals. And it was incredible. Like we built such deep relationships that still exist today. But man, like sometimes I think it's hard to balance. Okay. I need to still like lead the organization. But yeah, there's a part of the soul that dies when you don't do you don't do those things that you love. Mm-hmm. So yeah, in this season, as we launched the Vincent House, I'm super excited. It's really funny because like, I tell people when I'm fundraising, I'm like, yeah. I'm like, I can't, I'm like, I won't lie to you. I'm stupid excited. I want you to give this money to what we're doing so that I can volunteer. And then they kind of look at me like, <laughs> I'm like, no, 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 I'm not gonna run this. Like there are other people who are like yeah. far better equipped than me to run this mm-hmm. and who are gonna make this go. But I'm going to come every Wednesday night. I'm going to grab a group of boys and we're going to do whatever Daniel and yeah, whatever they plan, mm-hmm. whatever they plan. I'm going to volunteer and I'm going to help. and I'm going to do it. Even though I'm like technically the lead pastor or whatever, like I'm going to come and I'm going to volunteer in that thing because it's, yeah, that's what it's I love roots. to do. And it mm-hmm. makes my soul come alive. So yeah, yeah I'm going to do that. Yeah. I feel like right now what's happening, what's happening in, in our lives is super weird. Um, weird because I, I feel like I barely have an explanation for it, but you know, speaking to the idea of being in a spot that you never thought you'd be in. Like I recently like stepped back and took survey of, because it's that time of year, budget planning, hashtag budget planning, you know, um, you step back and you take a survey of all your time, of all your resources, of all the things that you're responsible for, of where everything's going. And I find myself in this place where, you know, God has sat me in a seat where I am, I am physically and literally responsible now for two, arguably three or whole organizations, um, plus finding favor in a whole um, consulting field where I'm given a voice into other people's organizations. Um, <clears throat> and while doing all of that, I feel overwhelmed by the things that I know are coming our way in the following year, right? Um, bigger budgets than we've ever dealt with before, bigger projects than we've ever dealt with before, bigger vision, bigger everything, like just absolutely wild things that in, in our twenties, when we were just hooping at Martin, like I never, ever, ever would have dreamed that we would be a part of or see happening in our city or in our community. 
and uh, it's wild. And I'll be completely real when I when I say I can feel the stress in my face, like right now, <laughs> like right this second. There's not even not even twelve inches away from me. There's a bottle of what is that right there? It, it's peppermint oil. Yeah, it's peppermint oil because at this point, I've, shout out essential oil. Uh, man, at this point, <laughs> I've resolved to rubbing essential oils on my temple because Rachel says that it might relieve some stuff. Oh, like, stop even saying that. You I use took, it all the time. I took. I took a. Uh, what's the thing I took? I took an immune booster, and now I'm. I, I did. I'm, I gave now him an immunity I'm shot. Burping citrusy awfulness. Uh, you know because it's just. But you're not sniffling. The it's just so real right now. Um, all that being said, I find myself like praying to God for more wisdom, praying to God for like perspective, for strength, for whatever it is that he perceives that I need or that he knows that I need uh, to get through this next season. And what I've found is that his answer has been putting me in situations that are a lot more like what got us here mm-hmm. than, you know, the what I've necessarily been responsible for the last few years. Like what I mean by that is the more that I pray for wisdom and strength to get through these big projects coming up, God keeps opening doors for me to go back and play basketball with that original crew like so that original crew that you know disappeared essentially at, at 18 now in their mid to late 20s um they'll all be you know tonight tonight we're gonna we're gonna hoop at martin tonight um and it's it's putting me god is putting me in situations that are much more closer i believe to the heart of jesus and putting me in situations that are a lot closer to the roots that we have built deeply and what help establish ourselves and help get us to the point that we're at, that it almost makes me wonder if the idea is not to continue to grow and expand your vision for whatever organization God has entrusted you with, but rather to just keep digging deeper into the heart of God into the heart of our savior and keep doing deeper and deeper, more and more the things that Jesus would do and the things that he set us apart to do specifically. And that is how God plans to expand his kingdom, not by greater vision and bigger, more, more millions into projects, but like deeper rootedness into the lives of the people that he set your feet on the soil to bless and to be, and to live life with in the first place. If that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, I feel like the more that I dig into um, how God has created me to experience joy and experience him, the more contentment and peace I find and the more inexplicable opportunity that comes. Because when you're acting out of your contentment and your peace and your overflow, you're not begging anything in the world to fill you up. When you are filled up by Jesus, when you're filled up by his word, when you're filled up by the things that he brings, as opposed to the things that you're reaching for, everything changes your contentment 
comes from a real place of peace in who you are and how you were created as opposed to a circumstantial peace that leaves when said thing leaves, if that makes sense. Like, when I think about, you know, I love a good gardening. I was just going to say, know I, I love feel a it coming. You know we, I love said, a good said gardening roots. analogy. We've said Roots too many times. <laughs> the title of this podcast will probably be Roots, and yes. here it comes right now. The gardening the metaphor. The gardening here it is. metaphors. There it is. Okay, so you were talking about, like, the things that you dig your feet into in the inexplicable places mm-hmm. that God has led you. So, listen, I think about avocados. Avocados. Avocados, when you plant an avocado seed, you got to tend to it. You got to wait for it to break the soil. It's got to rise up. But an avocado, that tree, it comes from a tree. um, That tree, you could be tending that tree for between five and 13 years before you get an actual avocado. So you got to take five to 13 years of faithfulness in tending this plant and believing what will come of it, believing that fruit will come one day. And then one day at any point between five and 13 years. So you could be over a decade tending this plant before you get a single avocado. But when you do get an avocado, an avocado tree yields up to like 200 mm. avocados at a time. That's a lot of guac. Right? That's a lot of guac. That's enough. So listen, that's enough for you to be filled up and then to take all of your overflow and abundance and Uh-oh. bless your whole community. Uh-oh. Right? So you have Come put all of this work in for years and years and then all of a sudden you are blessed abundantly with an overflow that blesses your whole community really? and everything around you. Mm-hmm. But do you know what you did for possibly over a decade before that? You stayed in that spot. You didn't uproot that plant. You let the roots go deep and you let the core be formed. So for anywhere from five to 13 years, that is getting steady roots. It's tending to the inside. It's staying an avocado tree, right? An avocado tree doesn't become a salsa tree. It doesn't become a guacamole tree. You got to find, you got to find, now guac has tomatoes. Guac has seasoning. Guac has, guac has onions. Guac Mm -hmm. has all kinds of things mixed into it. And that avocado is not trying to be the whole guac. Oh, shoot. That avocado is being an avocado, and it's working in harmony with everything around it to become the goodness that you dip your chips in, right? So listen, so listen, tend to the roots, tend to the core. Together we can be guac. (laughs) Yes, together we can be, together we can have our community salsa garden. Together we are guac. Glory, glory. Right? Right? But listen, you got to tend to those roots. You got to let them grow deep and you got to not put a timeline on it. You got to stay faithful and then you will have the overflow to bless your whole community. You know, and it's so difficult, like in a consumer based culture, we almost not almost we are absolutely programmed to focus on the fruit and not the root. Mm -hmm. Like the whole idea is for us to like it's it's all fruit based. I mean, I might cut this part off. Everyone, go. I'm going go on a little tirade here. Here we go. But, I wrote it because I wrote the quote at 36. So let but, me write. 
the reality the reality is even in our church structures they've become so fruit oriented mm-hmm. right Go ahead. And I'm not talking about the fruit of the spirit. I'm talking oh, about like that's the talk, fruit we want. That's the fruit we want. I'm talking about the fruit of buildings and the fruit of budgets and the fruit of multiplying, right? The fruit of exponential multiplication, right? Mm-hmm. For the sake of exponential multiplication, when the reality is what Jesus is calling us to do is be rooted, right? Because the reality for Jesus in being rooted is in the kingdom of God, uh, faithfulness is fruitfulness. So yeah. if we're rooted, like it doesn't matter how much fruit is bore, it's that the right fruit is bore. Right. It's that, it's that the right fruit is bore. Yep. And the avocado tree is a great example. Like you could <clears throat> do whatever you want for five years, but guess what? No fruit's coming out of that avocado tree. But, but you got to take care of it. The true measure of faithfulness is will you take care of it? Yes. Will you water? Will you plant? Because the reality is God gives the increase anyway. Mm-hmm. So in all reality, our faithfulness is is tied to our fruitfulness. It is our fruitfulness. They're, they're, completely, they're completely tied together. Ooh, let me say something on that. Faithfulness and fruitfulness. Okay, let me tell you another. This is about my my garden this year at my house. Uh, how many how many things did we grow this year? Have you noticed me bringing anything in from outside at our house? No. Exactly, because there's nothing. There's oh, crap. There's nothing goodness. growing. Thought I was about to get trouble <laughs> live on the podcast. No, I was like, no. oh, y'all about to hear it. No, listen. So your faithfulness er, is linked to your fruitfulness. Okay. So it's 2021. I had a baby last summer. Last summer, I was super pregnant. Jamie was born in August. And so I decided in my super pregnancy last summer um, that I was not weeding and tending to any of our flower beds at our house last year. Um, So I hired somebody. I hired somebody to take care of our flower beds. And they didn't come when they were supposed to come. And then a month went past and they still didn't come. Two months went past and they still hadn't done crap. So I start getting mad. We got weeds as tall as myself. Our flower beds are destroyed. I'm like, what the heck? I'm trying to outsource it. I'm trying to pay you to come do this. Are you going to come do this job that I paid you to do? I outsourced the care of all of our flower beds to somebody else. And that person finally came in the beginning of August. And he said, don't worry about it. I'll take care of all these weeds. So he takes, puts a backpack on, looks like a Ghostbuster, and starts spraying all the flower beds around our house and kills all the weeds. Now, this is leaking into fall, so also simultaneously some of our plants are losing their flowers and everything else. And I think that it's just the act of fall, that the color is coming away from our flower beds. So enter spring 2021. None of my flowers came back. None. I did not have a single. I had planted this beautiful butterfly garden in one of our flower beds for our girls. Um, I had a whole thing of tiger lilies. Like I had so much stuff. I had all of this like oregano, like all of these plants that should have come back year after year in the back of our house. Nothing came back. Nothing came back. And then I thought, you know what? It's fine. I'm just going to plant. So I planted. I spent hours planting seeds 
I planted all new seeds, like every kind of flower, a whole like a whole section of like carrots, a whole section of sunflowers, all this stuff I planted all around our whole house. Do you know how much of it came up? None. Not a single seed grew because I outsourced my fruit. Uh-oh. I outsourced the work that I should have been doing. I did not oversee it. I made excuses to not do what I knew needed to be done mm. to yield the fruit around our house. And my flower beds have been destroyed and I am getting no fruit because I was not faithful. I did not take care and do what I should have done. I outsourced my fruit and I outsourced what I knew I should have been doing and expected somebody else to do the work so that I could reap the benefit. Mm. And I had got nothing. My soil has been trashed. This was an entire summer of restoring the soil Mm. so that next year I can hopefully get some roots laid and, and get back to work trying to get some fruit out of our garden. Wow. So does that mean we can get rid of the outdoor cats you convinced me to get to protect the crops that come up? No, we're keeping them forever. Frick. <laughs> our kids love them. But listen, you can't outsource. You can't outsource and expect to yield, uh, <clears throat> to yield the same kind of fruit. Yeah. You got to do the work. The reality is, like, God gives all of us these God dreams, right? And for some of us, we're able to articulate them and write them down on paper. For some of us, they're in our hearts. And for some of us, they're just dreams in general. But the reality is, like, God gives us God dreams for a reason. Mm -hmm. And we are all created in God's image distinctly and specifically. So we all have different roles to play in those God dreams. I think it's just, it's so important to realize that in the midst of big visions, in the midst of God dreams, in the midst of wanting to do good and grand things for the world around us, we can't get lost in those. Right. And it's easy for us to get lost in a big God dream, right? I think it's important that we just realize, hey, what's the reason that we even like started playing this game in the first place? Mm Mm-hmm. Like, what's the reason why we started doing this in the first place? Like, for us who exist in ministry, it's because we love people, Mm -hmm. right? And I know for me specifically, I can never get to a space when I'm not around people. I love people. I need to be around some people joking and hanging and having a good time and, yeah, saying big theological things in really barbered-in kind of ways. (laughs) If I'm not doing that, I'm not happy, Yeah. right? Yep. And yeah, what the world needs is not the most competent individual. Come on. What the world the world needs is someone's heart that's set on fire and passionate about what they're doing. Like mm-hmm. competency is great and we all should like seek to be competent, <laughs> but yeah. Give me someone who's super passionate. Yeah. And whose heart has been set alive by Jesus towards a certain direction and yeah. There you have some. That's where the magic is at. Yeah. Yeah. I think that that's what that's what uh, John says it means to be a child of the light. Those someone who walks in the design that they were uniquely given, because when we walk in the design, we walk in the passions that we're passionate about. Right. Not the passion that everybody else is passionate about. When we walk in the passions that I'm passionate about, that God has made me passionate about, 
we live into the design that God has given to us as individuals specifically, that is the way that we reflect the light that we are created to be the best. And so the reality is like you want to be the best version of you. You want to be the most reflectant, even, even if you don't know how closely you're following to God, you want to actually like look like God, what it means to look like God, what it means to look like Jesus is to live into the design and the desires that God has given to you specifically. All right. So lean into, lean into the things that bring you joy, the things that bring you peace, the things that bring you contentment. And I'm not talking about circumstantial, any of that, the things that give you peace that surpasses all understanding, get back to your roots, get back to the version of you that you like to be around. And if you can't figure that out, if you can't figure out who that is or what that is, then look to Jesus because he made you and he'll help you figure that out. All right. We'll see you in two weeks. Go in peace. What's up? What's up?